Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have with us Mr. Vikash Maheshwari who is working at Biocon Biologics. Hi Vikash. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much. So just to give our listeners a bit of context, could you please share your life journey so far? All right. Um Okay, so it's a 25-year-old corporate uh, life journey that I think you'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, interesting story. I didn't really start off in HR, but I ended off in HR. I started mm-hmm. off in sales. Okay, so I was um, selling mobile connections, fax machines, computers, door to door. And from there, then I moved into you know uh, training people on sales because the organization that I was working with, they thought that. You know, here's a guy who sells very well. So let's make a trainer out of him so he can train the others to also do that, you know, that same job. So I started off in sales trainings along with my sales portfolio. Then I moved into, you know, uh, doing more in training because I started enjoying it, you know. And then I said, okay, can I do a little bit more than just sales training? So I started heading the L&D function. And mm-hmm. then I wanted a little more. And I said that, can I also, you know, do other things in HR other than learning and development? So I got into employment branding, redesign, EVPD design, a whole lot of other things, performance management and then i wanted really to you know kind of take it up full on and i'd say that can i head the hr and that's when i you know kind of moved out of the organization that i was working with and i started heading hr for an e-commerce company and then moved into you know hr transmission about eight years back so yeah it's been an interesting last 25 years uh, for the last almost eight to ten years i've just been disrupting hr let's just say <laughs> that you know whatever i've understood from the business side of affairs and you know, what the key challenges in business are, are, are HR practices really geared up to deliver on those? My view is possibly not. If you haven't really transformed and re-engineered some of your core HR practices, then you are kind of behind the curve. So that's what I do now, you know, so mm-hmm. I am heading the HR transmission uh, for, for a biopharma kind of company. Did something similar in omnichannel retail uh, for the last uh, seven, eight years uh, out of India. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride full of adventure. That's quite a shift in your journey, I must say. So it's been like 25 years of experience that you've built and being in the industry for this quite for this long it's quite remarkable in my opinion Thank and you. so um you must have had to face lots of challenges like going through this kind of shifts so what yeah. were they yeah because you see i mean i'm i'm not a qualified uh, by academics kind of an hr professional you know so Literally everything was, you know, kind of uh, on the job. I I just keep using this expression that I was have been building last twenty five years. I've been building the aeroplane while I've been flying it. You know, so <laughs> it's been on the job literally. So I remember my early days when I was pushed into doing these trainings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sales trainings, and and I didn't know how to conduct a training, you know, per se. In fact, I didn't think too high of trainers. I used to think that these are the folks who can't really do it themselves, so they come and talk, you know, so they mm-hmm. preach, you know. So I, I I didn't have the. I mean, Google was there and a lot of things i'm talking about 97 98 99 but you know uh, a lot of this was you know just learn it by experience you know see how it goes so i faced those kind of challenges that you know just had to uh, kind of learn it on the job but other than that when i got into you know uh, core hr 
you know, HR ops. And uh, there was a time when I was heading shared services as well. So <clears throat> there was a lot of learning that I had to get from, you know, reading, from speaking to my other, you know, colleagues in the, in the industry. And then, you know, uh, you get something like a theory, but you just really don't know how to really go about, you know, implementing it. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, and there is a, there is a certain amount of adrenaline rush there as well, because, well, you get to know something and then you try and experiment with it. And then you say, well, it didn't work. And then you learn from those mistakes and then you get better at it. So that's that's how it's been. Uh, and of late, I think um, I would say that the challenges of a different kind, the challenges are of, you know, because I'm I'm moving into an area where I see I say that I'm taking a leap of faith. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we are trying to, you know, kind of implement here and what I've been implementing over the last few years. You know, a lot of this is very new age. You wouldn't find too many companies who have establish things like, you know, uh, skills, uh, COE or a skill-based organization The people who were trying to do it, but have they really been, you know, successful there? Uh, the answer is partially yes, but not 100% yes. So there are these new age, uh, you know, uh, areas of HR practice that one wants to get into. And I think all that those five, you know, whatever years I have backing me up where I made mistakes, I learned from them. I think today I have a method to this madness to say that, how can you quickly, you know, learn from what you what you uh, possibly are going to go wrong with and then, you know, kind of um, uh, make some uh, repairs quickly so that you can uh, uh, rise back up quickly. You know, so so that kind of has helped me. But it's been an interesting one. I mean, uh, uh, say what you may, but if you ask me last 25 years of learning, unlearning, skilling, reskilling, cross skilling, it's been a it's been an amazing journey. I'm just loving it. Absolutely. I agree. For me, even from my personal level, I would like to add is that sometimes it's not the books it may yeah. not be from the literatures that we carry the, yeah. the message or the experience but when I have to go onto the field it's something that you remember that for your life and absolutely, absolutely sir that's something we should learn as even the youths who are actually emerging from this like they say, right, uh, a little experience <laughs> upsets a lot of theories. So, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, the rubber meets the road when you when you get your hands dirty, you know. True. So over the past years, now we've seen due to COVID, due to the onset, onset of the COVID, we've seen a mega change in the industries. We've seen a lot of people go out of the job, come back to the job. And there's been lots of stress about uh, the future. So and how... HR has evolved so dramatically as well. So what are your thoughts on it? You know, I I keep saying that um, COVID has obviously been a a game changer of sorts because it forced a lot of us in HR to think a little differently. Um, You know, before I answer that question, uh, let me also at the same uh, breath also say that I think the jury is still out there to, you know, say that is um, a work from home kind of a thing or work from anywhere kind of a thing going to be staying forever. I think one has to really introspect a little deeper because I think it is contextual to an industry and to a role. Um, you know, there are certain roles that can qualify to go back and, you know, say that, okay, you can work from home. And then there are certain roles that they just can't. I mean, for example, in my industry, I mean, I have, we have to run a plant, okay, where people have to interact with machines to manufacture a certain product. Now that cannot be taken away from the plant. You know, I mean, at this point in time, we don't have a tech, <laughs> you know, which mm-hmm. kind of enables that. So they have to come to the office. So I, I, I'm not sure if, you know, just stereotyping to say that, well, post COVID, everything works from home. I don't think that really is the way to look at it. I think it has to be contextual to the role and to the industry. And to do that, I think what has also happened is that post COVID HR practitioners have been forced um, to go back to the basics, you know, Mm -hmm. 
At the same time, start thinking new age. So that's an interesting blend. So what do I mean by saying that? A lot of HR practitioners are now revisiting their, their job architectures. They're going mm-hmm. back to the board on, you know, doing the job evaluations, the Hayes methodology, you know, I don't know, uh, I know how many years back. People trying have started doing, yeah, yeah, trying to restructure, trying to see, you know, where are we going wrong? Have we got too many unique job roles in the organization? Shall we cull, cull it out to a few? Then what qualifies in that role description for a certain kind of a treatment, whether it's a work from home or a flexibility or even personalized uh, benefits. So a lot of that is happening. The other thing that is happening post-COVID is that, um, you know, uh, obviously there is a war for talent. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this war of talent, I'm not sure if it has really got a connect to COVID, but it definitely has, you know, post-COVID people are seeing that there are other ways to work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they have started exploring other areas where they can possibly be happier or more productive or whatever. So I think because there is a war for talent, HR folks have also had to throw away their traditional HR playbooks where it was taught that how do you run a payroll? You know, from there, they are moving on to how do you run a talent uh, talent intelligence layer? You know, Mm -hmm. so from, from, you know, a few years back when we were throwing people at problems, you know, and we used to say, oh, well, this employee is just another brick in the wall. I think now the contribution to of an employee to a value chain is very well understood. And therefore, how how can you help a person grow in the organization is at the center stage of it all. It's not just to, enough to say that, you know, uh, how is the person contributing? It's also about what are you doing towards the contribution and how intelligent is the input that you give to the employee to, to grow. Now, here's the difference. You might say that, listen, because a few years back also, there was an LND department, they were training the employees on the floor. So mm-hmm. what's changed? I'll tell you what has changed that these inputs that you give, you know, from those 30,000 feet in the air kind of competency frameworks to skills, okay, to saying that, you know, how how can I break a competency down to skill and say, well, these are the five skills that add up to deliver on this competency and then train those people on those five skills. So that input has become very intelligent. Okay, so these are some of the things. And then, of course, HR is disrupting itself. I mean, gone are those days when you could have just had a, you know, performance rating scorecard and a manager's feedback, okay, mm-hmm. which used to come mostly from recency effect and, you know, the God syndrome. So from those days, I think now it's become data-led decisions, even on things like uh, who's my top talent, who's the successor, you know, uh, uh, who do I need to promote? Now, those kind of conversations have become very meaningful with the availability of a lot of data. Tech, okay, it's it's a beautiful thing that's happening in HR. And I see a lot of my other colleagues warming up to tech in HR, okay? And mm-hmm. that's where, you know, things like, um, organization network analysis from moving from from asking and doing those crazy surveys to actually deploying tools which sit in the system quietly and you know they kind of see what is happening they do a lot of data read uh, and this data is basically English I'm talking about NLP here so there's a lot of tech that has come into play which is making the HR practitioners life really really amazing and more importantly the employee experience per se has you know gone a notch higher so I mean if you ask me there's so much excitement in HR today it was never uh, like that, you know, like just a few years back. A few was, years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think that's that's the beauty of it, you know. Post-COVID, a lot of that has happened. Yes, that's a pretty big jump in the way things have just, you know, become so much evolved in the HR itself. Yeah. So I'm sure um, you've witnessed this change. I've already said that you have so much of experience uh, now. I'm sure you have some experiences on a personal level, like how HR has become so lucrative for you on on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, uh, at a personal level, you know, I mean, there were two, three areas that I've always been excited with. 
you know and those three areas i think converge in hr very beautifully now and i keep saying to people that uh, hr now is not just equal to hr hr is equal to tech and is equal to marketing okay and tech and marketing is something that i've always had a fancy for because i will always enjoy technology i've always coming from sales you know marketing is something that i was always uh, keen on so hr today for i mean my personal motivation to stay in hr and you know coming to the office every day is that i see a beautiful synergy of how hr leverages on marketing principles marketing practices and tech of course you know to deliver a great employee experience and that's that's what kind of drives me to give you an example of i give you an example of how hr and tech are married but let me also tell you how hr and marketing are married mm-hmm. you know so there was in this marketing field you know sometime back when especially when the e-commerce uh, you know thing happened in 2010 in india um a lot of marketers they started talking about customer personas you know and they used to say that different kind of customers you know they have a different kind of a buying behavior so they started creating these personas based on demographics age personality characteristics etc etc and then they started mapping out something known as a, a customer journey mapping okay and they said that from from you know going to a catalog in an e-commerce kind of a product to actually going to the checkout uh, page what does the customer really go through you know and that's where i think you would not know but flipkart introduced this whole recommendation engine and review engine you know because they they did those maps and they realized that you know when people are looking at a product then parallelly they're opening up another browser to read a review mm-hmm. okay so when they figured that out they said why can't we have a review of a product within the within the portal itself so when 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 you do those journey maps you get so much insight now uh, fast forward about 10 years ahead and you would see that a lot of hr folks are now doing that the only okay. difference from customer it's become an employee you know we've always been plagued with this this disease of you know one size fits all kind of a solution in hr mm-hmm. there's one policy document all people in your organization whether it's 500 to 50000 to 5 lakhs they would all have the same policy applicable to them right depending on levels now what what has happened is hr has picked that practice up and they've started doing a lot of these customer uh, employee personas and they've started identifying that you know well you can't stereotype you know traditionally we used to say that uh, a person who's at a managerial level so all managers are the same okay then came phase 2 when they said different generations they're all the same millennials are different gen z's are different boomers are different and now we're saying that no actually it doesn't work like the other factors as well you know what is your pedigree which you know academic institute do you come from even things like are you an apple or a windows user makes so much of an impact on a person's um, you know behavior and organization mm-hmm. and expectation the decisions yeah decisions so they started making those personas and then they started doing something known as employee journey maps okay, okay. just to do exactly the same thing like a customer journey map to figure out in an employee life cycle how does a employee really you know move and what are the key touch points what are the key you know it's like a empathy map that they that they draw out there saying that thinking doing feeling what do what does really happen and therefore what do you need to improve and there's so much of an insight that an hr practitioner gets from those kind of journey maps so this again is a marketing practice which you have adopted and then of course the no, the no brainer one is that at the end of the day whatever hr initiatives need to be marketed right mm-hmm. if you if you haven't marketed well just like a marketer would in the real world with an fmcg product if you don't think like that you would launch policies but you would not be launching products which people consume or which people are happy to consume and that's that's the that's the new age hr that we're talking about and that's what i kind of really really enjoy at a personal level that i'm able to blend all these three together and then you know kind of i think uh, things are moving uh, the right direction there that's amazing so if you could give any advice to our budding enthusiast for the future i'm sure they will be very delighted <laughs> 
You mean HR? HR? Uh, yes, uh, I mean uh, there are lots of listeners who would want to go f- towards the HR industry, and I'm one of them personally. So it's sure. kind of like <laughs> my wish to get some of the advice from you as well. <laughs> sure, I mean you know there's tons out there, but I'll just leave you with a few. First is that I think a lot of us when we think of HR, okay, we stereotype that role. I think that has to kind of go out. As go I said, mm-hmm. yeah, as I said that the new age HR professional is not just HR, okay. It's HR, it's tech, it's marketing. So one is that you have to get your chops on the on the tech and the marketing side of it. Okay. The second is that you know when when you think of skills in HR, I mean you can. I mean I don't need to tell you what you need to do to get into HR. I mean you can Google that out. Mm-hmm. But whatever you look at, okay, try and think a T skill kind of an approach. You know that there has to be a deep dive of a specialization in a certain HR area and a good understanding of the other areas of HR. So let's say you are a rewards or a comp and bend specialist, but that does not mean that you you can stay away from talent acquisition or you can stay away from performance management practices mm-hmm. or talent management practices. So you should know all of that. And if you're absolutely fresh, then you, in the sense, if you're in a college or you're still preparing yourself, then the way to do this is that get into, you know, platforms like AI, HR, uh, or many others, you know, which exist out there, which will give you insights. And the good thing with a lot of this content out there today is that it's not just theoretical. A lot of this is case study oriented. A lot of this is, you know, stuff which comes straight up from the industry and is told to you. So you're getting a real life, pra- uh, you know, uh, kind of knowledge, but just the experience is not there because you're still in your colleges or whatever. But once you hit the colleges, you'll be able to do a two plus two, you know, and you'll be able to put things together. And multiply on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there are these thought leaders, okay? I do not know if people are still, you know, I mean, I remember when I started my career in 96, 97, people used to say, you know, you should have a role model. You should have an ideal that you follow. Well, that stayed with me. I mean, I have my, there's a gentleman called Josh Burson. I don't know if you've heard his name. I call him my God. I follow him, you know, and I follow everything that he says or writes. There are many other thought leaders who, they kind of stimulate your thinking. The idea is not to kind of say that, okay, what they are doing, I'm going to do it. You know, the idea is to, you know, just reorient your thinking. Uh, so these three, I think, are are possibly the, the core of it. So uh, stay on the tasty skill kind of a path. Never, you know, think that, okay, I'm only going to be, because, you know, the way the things are working now, more and more agile teams are being created in a, in a corporate setup. So you may be a talent or total reward specialist, but you could be working on a project which has got to do with acquisition as in talent acquisition, or you could be working on an HR tech project for the day. So those projects have become a day in the life of a HR practitioner. So so T-skills is important, you know, following a thought leader is important, you know, and then of course, understanding marketing and tech is very, very important other than HR. HR does not work in silo anymore. So, you know, mm-hmm. so if you... I keep saying that, you know, gone are those days when HR used to be writing policies. Sure. Okay. Going forward, you will have this whole phenomena where people are going to say that, uh, can HR policies be by the people, for the people, of the people, you know, so hyper-personalized. You don't really need an HR practitioner, you know, five years, 10 years down the line who'd be writing. I mean, you've all heard about chat GPT, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a time. pretty big correct, trend correct. right now. <laughs> correct. You know, just imagine if chat GPT was given enough information or trained enough for the next six to eight months to a year, you mm-hmm. know, with all of that training, chat GPT could be rolling out policies for you, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and then you all you have to say is that for this particular persona, what kind of policy can I create in chat GPT? Who knows? Maybe able to answer. Okay, this is all fancy. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all I'm trying to say is that HR needs to think a little differently. They need to think on those lines. Metaverse is a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 track now. and trace in blockchain is a reality in HR. It is happening. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, what I think uh, the budding HR professionals 
should be thinking about. All right. I'm sure there's a lot of takeaway from the content you shared today. Thank you for sharing. And Thank you. So- this brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Vikas. Thank you, Prajita. It was lovely hosting you today. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much.